Embody respectfully acknowledges the traditional owners of the lands and waters of Australia and pays respects to elders past and present. Welcome to Mission Unplugged, genuine conversations about Christian faith in action with young innovators locally, nationally and globally. I'm Emily. And I'm Mitch. Well, on this episode, I am flying solo because our fabulous, uh, my fabulous co-podcaster, Mitch, was the person who I interviewed. So... Um, Mitch is the National Coordinator of Embody, a national community of young people passionate about mission locally, nationally and globally. You probably know him from this podcast. He's on the other side of the mic today as I ask him about his journey of faith, his formation in the local church, his involvement with SUFM Beach Missions and what drove him to join the Embody team. I loved um, sitting down and having this conversation with Mitch because it's not often and I don't think ever that I've actually sat down and sort of heard his full story. So it was really nice to be able to, yeah, understand and hear Mitch's story sort of in in chronological order. Um, I always love chatting with Mitch um, and I particularly enjoyed his reflections today on his journey of understanding missiology and theology and ecclesiology um, in a academic capacity but then also having to ground that with the rubber hits the road actually getting out and being pragmatic about what mission is and how we do mission so that was something I really thoroughly enjoyed um, hearing Mitch reflect on his own journey in that space so without further ado here is my conversation with Mitch hope you enjoy When I, when I say mission, that is what I'm working towards, activities, actions, um, and things that bring sight, bring sight, bring healing, bring life, bring flourishing, bring an end to oppression, and um, do those things as a proclamation of the, the world that Jesus ushered in, in his, his death and resurrection. And these are the same things that God has been working towards and working on since day dot. Today my guest is the fabulous Mitch Satman. You may know Mitch from such things. Such podcasts as, as this podcast. As reading mission. <laughs> as unplugged and also all things embody so it's so great to have you today which to i don't know hear a bit more about your story i'm really looking forward to this because i know i know bits and pieces but i feel like i haven't put it all together yet so i'm looking forward to this <laughs> thanks emily it's fun to be here on this side of the recording desk i know it's a bit weird but that's okay <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna power through now this is this is nice because uh you've you've been a guest on mission unplugged back I before have. you even started with Embody. Back before I even started with Embody, um, so it's um, kind of full circle in a weird way. Yes, yeah, so this, um, this evens things out a little bit. <laughs> it does, it does, and it's about time we hear your story as well, Mitch. <laughs> um, so just um, to get us started, Mitch, tell us about where you're from and, um, yeah, sort of where you grew up and, yeah, how did that sh- um, shape your faith journey? Mm. 
Yeah. So, um, my name's Mitch Salmon. I'm part of the Embody team, as you know know by now. Um, I grew up in a Christian household, Christian family, um, a very um, a, a very Church of Christ family in a in a way, um, which I didn't really appreciate until I was uh, quite a bit older and actually working for Church of the Christ in Vic Taz. Um, but yeah, my my parents and grandparents. Um, attended Churches of Christ uh, in um, where they were living. And uh, my mum and dad, when shortly after they were married and then when uh, me and my siblings came along, we were at Ringwood Church of Christ out in Melbourne's eastern suburbs, um, which is just a, a really great church that I love deeply and has um, has a lot to answer for in regards to the way I am, <laughs> mostly in positive ways, which is nice. <laughs> yeah, that's great. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's that's me and uh, my background, eastern suburbs of Melbourne. Um, grew up at Ringwood Church of Christ. Currently living down on the Mornington Peninsula, south of Melbourne, um, and attending Bayview Church there. Um, and, yeah, look, I am a writer and a reader and um, a creative and also I do a bit of freelance communications and consulting and stuff like that on the side as well. So, yeah. And a game board enthusiast as well. That's I am the other thing that you are. Certainly, certainly a games games of all stripes, but uh, particularly yes. at the moment, uh, yeah, traditional games and tabletop games um, is very much my my current thing. Um, I've had many different things over the years, but the current one is yeah, board games, tabletop games. Yes. Yeah. So something that you said that I'm just like, what do you mean by that? Is mm. um a very much a traditional Church of Christ family. What does that mean to you to be a Church of Christ, come yeah. from a Church of Christ family? Yeah, what does that that's, mean to be Church of Christ? that's a great question because because the the true answer is um, not all that much. Because uh, mm. Churches of Christ <laughs> is not a high traditional um, denomination or or movement or faith tradition. Um, but the the thing that kept happening as I so. Skipping uh, a bit into the story, I um, worked for Church of Christ, Vic Taz, in a communications role for a few years, kind of straight out of uni. And before and around that, I was a big. I was part of the uh, youth vision teams as a volunteer, and then kind of went on staff as well, and had been super involved with camps and state youth games and things like that. Um, and and this thing, this thing kept happening um, when I kind of got into that role where uh, um, people would go, oh, are you, are you Andrea's son? Um, and I would go, I, I am. And they would go, oh, you know, I worked with your mum or um, I worked with your dad, Ken, or, you know, I, was, I volunteered with them in different projects or, um, you know, my mum worked for at least a, a time on the, um, I don't know if it was called this at the time, but the Mission and Ministries board um uh, which was a church of christ um at the state level kind of thing um and yeah dad was involved with uh explorers boys clubs um 
for yonks and yonks um my my parents and particularly my dad and um their friends were um instrumental in starting state youth games victoria um and maintaining that and growing that through its early years um you know uh, family friends have been leaders of state conferences and things in churches of christ around australia um and I kind of only discovered all of this after I'd been working for, for Churches of Christ for a couple of years. And it just, um, it, it was just, it was like I was discovering a, a part of my story that I didn't, didn't know about. And that's a part of why I'm so fond of Churches of Christ as a, as a movement and as a tradition, um, because I, I, came to realize how much of my own story is bound up in that um yeah it's, it's bound up in that tradition and that's that expression of christianity yeah that's really mm. cool and there's something so powerful about that isn't there of um when you hear the stories that you haven't heard before from your family or from other places mm. that just mm. Yeah, tell you something about yourself that you didn't realize was a thing or you didn't mm. realize was I don't know if it's missing or was part of who you are without even realizing it. Yeah, yeah totally. And a funny thing's yep. happened now that I've been working for Embody for a few years and Churches of Christ before that. Um, my my mum has started saying she gets people coming up to her and saying, "Oh, are you Mitchell's mum?" <laughs> so yes, the, the vindication. The tables have turned. <laughs> oh, isn't that the best feeling when that happens? It's pretty funny. Of like, oh, I'm no longer referred to as the parent's child, but yep. the I they are now my parent rather than, oh it's so good when that happens I remember that distinct moment as well when I've moved down to since moving down to Sydney it's a very yes. cool feeling yes yeah <laughs> it's so good so you've sort of touched on your family history in Churches of Christ um and you know that you also grew up in Ringwood Church of Christ which in at least I know Melbourne Victorian circles very um much a place of social justice and mm. mission and um yeah a, a community really passionate about those um aspects of what we do here at Embody um how did you experience faith in action growing up mm. yeah that's a really really good question um i think for me i've seen it before <laughs> and it's one of those i'm sure there's going to be multiple questions uh today it's like oh i've asked this of a dozen people and never actually thought to answer it myself <laughs> but yeah look church was church was a massive part of growing up um and uh that uh, that also meant being involved in church and being on, you know, the the tech team and in the band and um, at Sunday school and youth group. And then when I aged out of those things, coming back immediately as a leader, um, which plenty to unpack there. Um, but <laughs> but like that, yeah. <laughs> But that was that was my experience. My experience of church was to be very, very active and very involved, and to be um, exploring and sharing and um, contributing to a community, uh, not just showing up and absorbing and leaving, but uh, being 
really invested and taking a a degree of shared ownership over what was what was going on and wanting to be a part of that and wanting to do the things share, share my skills share the things that i could uh share um you know particularly thinking particularly of helping at sunday school and youth group like you know sh- it, sharing some of the things that I was was thinking about and exploring in faith with um, people who were both my age and a bit younger um, and, you know, kind of being on those those journeys together. Um, yeah, and then taking some opportunities to um, get out in the, in the community in different ways. I don't think I was ever super involved with uh, much of the community development stuff that my church did while I was young, which I think looking back is a bit of a, I could have done that better or differently, uh, but is what it is. Um, and, but yeah, there were, there were times where we, particularly through youth group, we'd um, get involved in short projects or we'd do, you know the the classic youth group random acts of kindness night, or you know the oh, the little fundraiser night, or um, baking or whatever it is to to raise money for a, a project that the church is supporting. That kind of thing. Um, yeah. So I, I think my experience of church was very active, but also very com- very communal. We we do we, this is stuff that we're doing together, kind of thing. Um, yeah. I was really, I was really blessed in that space to have people around me who um, saw that I was passionate about faith and theology and the Bible and justice, and sort of gave opportunities where opportunities were. gave those gave some of those opportunities to me to, you know, um, can you can you write something and present it to the the church as part of the service? Can you um, you write? write resources for the camp can you you know help us work on this particular thing um that that was really great and those were really formative um experiences that people people trusted me uh to contribute in those ways um and every so often that would be really helpful and life-giving for the church and other times that would result in a uh, Christmas production that involved lightsabers, velociraptors, um, and uh, Monty Python references. <laughs> Can you unpack that? Because that just sounds wildly <laughs> entertaining. We we used to do um, children's productions. Uh, so the, the the idea is kind of like all of the grade sixes in a particular year would get you know speaking roles. Uh, and they would um, do a do do a play and present it to the to the church, kind of morning morning church and evening congregations, and it was it was really it was a lot of lot of fun, um, and something that really brought brought in people from the from the community, from schools and you know grandparents and um, uncles and aunts to see the grade sixes in the in the play, and um, they were always 
like the the brief was always fairly loose um, from as long as I can remember. You know, one year when I I was in a, or at least that was your. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. It was it was the the brief was loose in that like you know we had a one year that was a retelling of the Sound of Music and uh, a year that was I distinctly remember when I was in grade five or six. Um, there was one where me and a couple of my my mates we got to graffiti the back wall of the oh. uh, church hall um, because we were we were rebellious like teenagers and, like and actually had spray paints and got to got to do this live it was great fun um, and then after a certain point um, you know so the the church needed someone else to sort of step into uh, writing and directing that space and I'm like well. I like writing. Uh, I like the kids' productions, and things got a little looser. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> been um, because the the uh, late high school. No, I wasn't late high school. I would have been an early university uh, creative writer. Uh, with all yeah, of the, arts degree, Mitch. Uh, arts degree and um, uh, just like pop culture fan. Yeah. Uh, suddenly had the had the keys to the kingdom. Um, but those, those were, those were a lot, those plays were a lot of fun. Um, and they were really good. They were really good for me to kind of explore how my writing and how my, my sense of humor could be a part of the, the church Mm. and not something that just kind of has to get parked at the door and go into church. And then I can pick that stuff up again Mm. on the way out. Um, that that church was always, if if nothing else, and I, as I said before, I love Ringwood, and I you know Ringwood is was and is a wonderful church community. Ringwood had a sense of humour, which mm. thank God for that. Yeah. So when we're talking Python, are we talking like Holy Grail? Are we talking Life of Brian? Are we talking Meaning yeah, of Life? Yeah. Bit of it all. All, all of the all of the above. Oh, those wow. are, those are the big three. So yeah. how did you like? Yep. In, sorry, this is a real tangent, but I'm just genuinely <laughs> curious about this. Um, so, did you have to like introduce the content content to the children via like YouTube, or is this like pre YouTube? And then then they're like, how did they understand what they were doing? Oh no 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 no! They didn't they didn't get the jokes. <laughs> <Brilliant>. <laughs> Presenting it, but don't even understand what they're saying. I I liked it not. Good writing has layers, you know, True. and this it's wasn't like an even onion. good writing. All writing, it's like an onion. Yeah. Um, there were there were definitely there were definitely jokes. There were there were always um, there were two people in the audience that I always wrote for in particular. Uh, that one was uh, both, both friends of mine, um, Penny Martin uh, okay, and yep. Tim Allred were the two people that all of the scripts were written for um, <laughs> because they they got the joke. Oh, and um, and Gaylene uh, as well. Um, the, the three of them, they were the ones who got the jokes and they <laughs> gave the best laughs. Excellent. <laughs> so as long as the joke landed with them, everyone else could recognise that it was a joke and laugh along. Oh, amazing. That is so cool. <laughs> so that's a bit of your experience of, I guess, growing up in church and being, I guess, putting your faith into action in your community. What were the examples that were given to you, um, whether intentionally or unintentionally, in your community about putting to faith into action? Mm. Great question. I just hope you keep all these great questions in because it'll be lovely. <laughs> the validation <laughs> is delightful. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, yeah, look, like I said, um, Ringwood was an active, a very active church in the community and in overseas, uh, in international mission as well, supported a lot of... Um, a lot of people from our community and people sort of tangentially related to our community doing uh, work overseas, uh, development work and mission work um, there. So we'd, fit, we'd regularly see um, broad, broad and slightly flattening category, but, you know, missionaries mm. kind of come and visit the, visit the church and speak and tell us about what they've been doing and we would raise funds to support them um ringwood was also very uh the church was also very involved with global mission partners um and um supporting projects through there so um particular i think particularly of um varna um who is a really key uh key operator in gmp's partnerships in bangladesh um, he visited Ringwood. He visited our church regularly when he was out in uh, Australia. Um, uh, BJ and Chippo in Zimbabwe um, as well. Um, I think so. I think those those are the examples. They were quite a broad range of people um, and projects, both overseas and locally. Um, the church would run regular, you know, community meals, um, the the op shop and things like that. So I think I saw a really wide variety of approaches and emphases um, that kind of started to paint a, a picture of the the broadness of uh, mission and faith and what the life of faith looks like. Um, and also my, uh, you know, my parents, again, super involved in churches, in the church um, and um, in ministries, particularly with, with kids and families uh, over the years. Um, yeah, so, I, I, yeah, I did. I got to see firsthand kind of really, really active every day. Mm. kind of faith yeah that kind of makes sense yeah 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 that's cool that's good i love that um picture of like the broad ranging nature of what faith in action means that it's not just one mm. particular type and that's all it is um mm. which mm. i think reads uh, read, blah, 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 leads quite nicely into the next thing i wanted to ask you so when we talk about mission what does that mean to you like what does that word elicit mm. for you yeah yeah Lots of stuff, and this is this is the kind of question where if we were if we were doing this in person, or if we would if I was answering this question at uh, at, at a church, I'd have a, a tennis ball or something um, that I'd hand you, and I'd say, "Throw this at me when I start using words you don't understand." Oh, that's um, okay. I'll just interrupt because <laughs> if I'm if I'm not careful, I will I will go off on all sorts of tangents. You but, know, I'm fine um, with that. <laughs> <laughs> um keep keep it I'll try, yeah try and keep it simple obviously court you know a, a cornerstone thing is that um mission mission is what god does mm-hmm. um and so when we say when i when i say um 
I'm getting involved in mission or wanting to go on mission or do mission. It is me joining in with what God is already doing, present in the neighborhood, present in the, the country, wherever, wherever it is, seeking out God in that space and joining in with what God is already actively up to in the community um, in order to bring about God's purposes, which are broadly the the reconciliation, restoration of all things to right relationship with God, with neighbour, with creation and with self. Um, and from there transforming and restoring and redeeming systems and structures and um, patterns of, of behaviour and the ways that we organise ourselves and the ways that we conduct our everyday life and existence. Um, so that got so broad that it's almost useless um, as, as, an, as an answer. Um, so the, the, the grounding piece that I always try to hold on to in that um, is, is what is mission? Well, when Jesus uh, at, the, at the start of his ministry, um, is, and as the way Luke tell, in the way that Luke tells it, um, goes to his home church where he grew up, his home synagogue, not a church. Don't I was, I was, gonna call, those, I was about to call you out on that. I'm um, glad you picked yourself up on it. <laughs> it it's, it's helpful in um, giving a framework to a, a Christian audience to describe a synagogue as a church in terms of what does it what does it mean to yes, what's its attend purpose? and belong yeah. in community, um, but not so much in terms of what it is or what it means yes. um, or what the every actual experience of being there would have been. But um, went to went back to his home community and was you know, in in as a as a traveling rabbi was invited to speak and. Um, read from the the scroll of Isaiah um you know the the spirit of the lord is on me and this, this is Mitchell's paraphrase not any one translation the gospel the spirit according of the lord to Mitchell is, yeah is on me um to um you know bring sight to the blind heal the um sick uh release the captive and proclaim the year of the lord's favor um if that's how Jesus sort of first announced his ministry. Uh, that's how Jesus sort of, when he was given the first public opportunity to define what he was about, those were the things he chose to highlight, mm. uh, you know, using, using the scriptures he was handed creatively. Um, yes, yeah, set the oppressed free and proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. That's, yeah, that's good enough for me. Um, that, is fundamentally what when I when I say mission, that is what I'm working mm. towards. Activities, actions, um, and things that bring sight, uh, yeah, bring sight, bring healing, bring life, bring flourishing, bring an end to oppression, and um, do those things as a proclamation of the the world that Jesus ushered in in his his death and resurrection. And these are the same things that God has been working towards and working on since day dot. Mm. Amazing. Yeah. How have you been able to cultivate this passion 
for mission and justice, um, not only in mm. the church where you grew up at Ringwood and other places, but how have mm. you been, where have you had opportunities to do that outside of that particular place? Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so two, two, two answers. Mm-hmm. One is a, um, a formation and cultivating a um, internal world and an imagination. Um, and one is the rubber hits the road, sort of hands-on practical stuff. Um, pardon me. In terms of cultivating a, an imagination for God's presence and God's mission in the world, um, books, podcasts, um online spaces um it's a that that's that's an answer it is i some i sometimes hesitate to to give because um you know i can say just you know jump online look for resources look for podcasts and neck minute uh your 42 youtube videos down the andrew tate rabbit hole um and that's That's yeah like no on Oh, so very many levels. So, I do, like, I, I do hesitate to say it, um, but those things, those you know, finding the the right people for for me, the people who are concerned with the same things that I'm concerned with, um, and are exploring the same questions, and whose um, ethos and approach uh, lines up with mine, um, has been really really life-giving um and so you know to put some yeah can i ask that like uh leading on from that particular thing how do you do that because so you don't end up down the andrew tate rabbit hole yeah chance uh luck um the but most most importantly the um the the love of and connection to a uh nurturing community Mm. um it's much harder to uh it's it's much harder to wander off completely completely divorced from reality if you do have a strong connection mm. with community um which i which i'm not i'm not putting forward as advi- you know if you're if you're someone who's listening and is like oh, i'd love to find some good podcasts but i'm worried about where they'll they'll take me it's um it's all well and good to say oh you need to be in a strong community i do obviously encourage that but actually that's advice for communities that people are in need to be strong and anchoring and holding communities willing to have conversations Mm. about the things that particularly young people are concerned about Mm. um, and do that in such a way that grounds them in the the lived reality of that community and um the the people and the lives around them so that um so that the stuff that you're thinking and exploring about doesn't become so abstract and disconnected that you can get you know get some really unhealthy um patterns of thinking um which so the short answer is the way that you do that safely is by having the the rubber on the road side of um formation and development um that is real and tangible and alongside people um yeah 
I've gone all over the shop. No, 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 that, no, no, that works. That works. That's yeah. fine. That's fine. That works. Yeah. So what does the rubber hit the road um, kind of tangible, practical aspects yeah. of that journey look yeah. like for you? Yeah, yeah. For me, being really heavily involved in my church was really important, um, leading at Sunday school, leading at youth group, leading on camps um, when multiple churches came together, being part of planning and developing those camps um, and being involved in beach missions was mm. also really, really key um, for that. Cause like you'll, you'll know, you'll probably the, the discerning listener, the, the attentive listener will have noticed that for all my big talk about mission, most of what I've described being involved in has been internal to the church yes, and not external, not, not in any way external. Um, and, I'm okay with that. My skills and um, orientation are actually towards the church and not to the world. But my I I believe about myself that my orientation is towards the church to help the church get into the world, um, rather than generally being a on the ground uh, practical person because it's just not my skill set. That's or so interesting temperament. because like that absolutely yeah. check. Like I'm not surprised by that at all, but. Also, like actually being describes able to, in body, doesn't it? Yeah, but also like yeah, being able to yeah. identify that and say it and be okay with that because I think you know so much of what we talk about when it comes to mission and justice, it's like okay, so much of the idea is being out and being out and like mm. absolutely, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't yeah. like not never gonna deny that, but also being able to identify within yourself for you, but then I think whoever's listening more generally as well. Mm. Where do you sit most comfortably in that? Because we need people in all these places, not just in the church, being focused on the church, but also being out in the in the field, in, in the, the loosest field. sense That's of the, whatever yeah. that is, yeah. um, wherever your mission field is, being okay mm. with that. And, yeah, that's really fascinating because, yeah, that's mm. too something I've wrestled with and continue to wrestle with too mm. about what is mm. that mission field and what does that look like. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Um. Sorry, I but yeah, be, uh, no, no, you're right. But SUFM Beach Mission yeah, was was really mission. formative in that space. Yeah. Um, so I, <laughs> who was I talking with about this just recently? It, that doesn't matter. Uh, but this is I've said this recently. I was bullied into Beach Mission oh, by my mother. Fabulous. Um, yes, which uh, is <sighs> there is there is a place and a time for discerning spirit-led bullying um, yes so what was the bullying that your mother did to get you into beach beach mission well the bullying was um we so this is mccrae sufm uh we had the, the at that time directors uh of that ministry come to our church to sort of tell the church a little bit about it and so sort of invite are there any young people in particular, but also families or older people who are interested in coming on team, camping on the, the Rosebud foreshore for two weeks and um, delivering a holiday program as a expression of community building and inviting people into a positive and flourishing experience of God. Um, the the director, Brendan, who is now a, a very good friend, um, my my mum went up to him afterwards and said, "Right, 
you're coming with me. So actually she didn't just bully me. She bullied Brendan. Um, you're coming with me. I'm going to take you over to someone who you need to convince to join the team. Um, Without telling him that that, that person was you, her son. Oh, I don't know. She may have. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, there was there was kind of no question about it. S- SUFMs or at the time CSSMs were a big part of my mum and dad's um faith experience faith journey as well and mum was like look they were they were really great for me i have lots of great memories on in those spaces i want that for my my family as well i'm pretty sure both of my siblings have also ended up on that mission team at one point or another my younger brother might not have i'm not sure but has definitely been closely connected um but yeah, so being involved in that team was really, really positive uh, experience. And that put me in contact with a bunch of people who continued to, to push the envelope um, in my understanding of what mission meant. Um, and I think one of the things that, ha- that I've learned best from that space is... Um, well, one, a, oh, no, three, three things, three things Lovely that I can think of off the top of my head. Like, okay, prepare for the three points. So the first word, uh, they're all going to start with the same letter. Oh, even Let's see if I can do this off the top of my head. Uh, <laughs> You're the, the, the first, the first, first thing is um, people, not programs. All right. We're committed mm. to P now. Yeah. Um, the, a, a beach mission, an SUFM beach mission has a pretty well-established uh, formula. Um, you know, there's going to be a morning program that has songs, games, activities, crafts, kind of fairly typical Sunday school stuff. Um, and then in the evening we might do, you know, a, a big all-in family event, movie night, Lego Masters night, that was a great one. Um, fun run, sandcastle competition, that that kind of thing. Um, it's really, really easy to slip into the mistake of thinking of that program is what Beach Mission is, um, where the reality is that program is a vehicle for the connections and the conversations and the the invitation into experiencing Christian community for people who might never have experienced Christian community or had an opportunity to be in a community of people who are loving them um, in whatever way is, is needed. Um, If there ever came a time where um, the morning program and evening program were inhibiting the capacity of the mission team to invite people into that experience of God, those program elements should be, should be discarded and something else should take their place because though those programs aren't what we're doing, mm. the invitation and experience of God is what we're doing and the program is how we do it. So that was the, that was the first P. Pro, uh, people not not programs. Uh, I'm, I'm, not I'm really looking forward to, to seeing you do this. I'm not going to be able to do this because um, the other thing that I the really crucial thing I learned from um, the beach mission space um, was uh, 
participating across age groups <laughs> was um, was I was introduced to intergenerational uh, approaches of ministry. Intergenerational. Intergenerational dis- <laughs> ministries, which is distinct from a generational approach, which is mm. to recognize the um, re- recognize and emphasize emphasize the distinctive uh, needs of different stages of life and cater individually to each of those uh, stages. So, you know, uh, churches that are large enough will often have, you know, your, your Sunday morning service, but you also have your, your primary school Sunday school, um, your Friday night youth group for high schoolers, your young adults ministry, which might re- meet during the week. Um, and these are uh, and your seniors, seniors events um, at times that work for them. Um, these are separate ministries. Um, they that sil- are, silo people into demographics and age groups, yeah, essentially. Rightly responding to the specific mm. needs of those communities, um, but effectively separating them out um, to a to a point where your the the community's experience of even a, a Sunday morning is to be separated from one another. Mm. Um, where what I learn, and this is more than a little bit, just because the people I happen to serve alongside on this beach mission in this team are some of Australia's greatest pioneers of intergenerational approaches to theology and ecclesiology as um, study of God and the study of church. Um, so that, that was just a fortunate coincidence. Um, but, you know, thinking about how do we do church and how do we do faith together across generational gaps, not, um, not separate from one another, but all, all in together as much as is ever possible. Um, being in the same spaces, mm. you know, uh, engaging with God together rather than separately, um, because we are, because our communities are stronger when everyone is together, and we are able to learn from one another and experience God through each other's viewpoints. Um, you know, anyone who's done ministry with kids will always. Um, at some point during their ministry with kids will say, oh, and I, you know what? I learn as much from the kids as they learn from me. What if we actually took that seriously as opposed to just being a nice thing that you say? Um, what if we actually recognized that God is as active in the lives of a five-year-old as God is active in the lives of an 85, life of an 85-year-old? Um, and that a... Um, 14 year old has as robust and uh, complex and nuanced understanding of the world and faith as anybody else in the congregation. Mm. Um, it's going to look different and it's going to reflect their, their um, age and stage, but it is, it is not, it is as rich and complex as anyone else's. Um, yep, yeah. Um, so, programs not people. 
no, people, not programs, wrong way around, uh, intergenerational ministry. Yeah. Um, and there was definitely <laughs> a third your, thing. What's your third P? Um, I think it was the, the, the power of community. That's my third P. Ooh, power there you of go. Community. The only one that didn't quite work was intergenerational. By which I mean doing stuff alongside fellow followers of God, um, siblings in Christ, um, mm. is, re- is not a nice little bonus. It is essential for the formation of faith and communities. Um, it's, not, it's not an optional extra. It, it is what the church is. The church is the active hands and feet of Jesus in the world. Um, mm. Because Jesus doesn't have any hands and feet in the world except for ours, um, and doing that together helps ground us in the lived experiences of mm. both the other people of faith around us and the the world more broadly. Um, one of my one one of the things that could have very easily happened with me and can still very easily happen with me and might still happen in the future is that my love of reading and knowledge and study and learning more about theology and missiology and faith and the Bible um, could consume me in a way that... um, and frequent and this this frequently does happen in small ways, but could consume me in a big way where the things that are in my head have no relevance to the world around me because I've just been in my head for so long. Um, being active in the community alongside people helps ground me and refine some of the things in my head. Um, it also helps me learn when to pull back some of my stuff and go, okay, this space is not ready for this idea yet. Let's just park that for the future and see if it comes up again, Um, which sounds like it sucks, but is actually a really important skill in just being a human being. Um, But yeah. Um, So yeah, that again brings us around to the how how did I develop my understanding of mission? I read a lot. I listened to a lot of resources. I um, did a little bit of university study, um, and simultaneously involved myself as actively as I could manage, um, and sometimes more actively than I could manage with the life of the church and uh, ministry and mission projects around me. So you just mentioned that you did some university study. Um, As someone who is also an avid learner and enjoyer of things theological and ecclesiological, I just completely made that (laughs) That word up. No, I think that was right. Ecclesiological? Oh, I don't know. That sounds obnoxiously not quite right. Um, what was your experience of, um, theology and studying a bit of theology? Mm. Mm. Yeah. Um, one of the really key turning 
points in my faith came in year 12 um, Mm -hmm. when I signed up for um, a subject. So I went to a a private Lutheran school. Um, Now, obviously not Lutheran. I'm not Lutheran by background, but... um, but I meant it was a school that offered uh, religious education t- subjects throughout school to those to people who wanted them, including the VCE subject text and traditions. Um, so text and traditions was kind of like the the specialist subject for uh, religious mm-hmm. education, um, and it was um, we spent the year I want to say looking at the Gospel of John, um, and sort of that was my introduction to. You know, concepts of of exegesis, of understanding the text in its, or it's attempting to reconstruct an understanding of the text in its original context. Uh, what was the writer intending to convey mm. here? Um, how does the history that we understand from um, other disciplines of you know history and archaeology and geology and anthropology, anthropology, and, anthropology and, and um, how how does all this inform our understanding of the text? Um, that kind of thing, you know, does, this is not a specific, we didn't actually do this, but, you know, does memorizing a list of Roman emperors help us lead more meaning out of the text? That kind of, that kind of thing. Um, Hmm. That was my first exposure to that, studying the the Gospel of John. So I still have a huge soft spot for the Gospel of John um, because of some of the stuff I learned in that uh, thing. But, that subject awakened a um, real love of the the academic study of the Bible, mm. not the not just the um, everyday, you know, s- s- soap, scripture observation, application, prayer. Like, what does this mean Classic. for me? Study yep. of the Bible, but like the the academic study. Um, and so from there, I went on to. I, I was recommended by a friend who was. He was the uh, youth minister at our church at that time, um, Brian. I was recommended to go and do a gap year program called Year in the Sun through Tabor College in Melbourne. And, yeah, so that was a one-year program, f- almost full-time study. Um, I got a certificate for qualification out of it uh, for the three times in my life that's ever been relevant. Um <laughs> And that was a, another opportunity to kind of get an introduction to what a university level study of the Bible and study of Christianity um, would look like. And I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed that year. Um, made some some great friends. Um, was um, uh, was mentored by some um, amazing people um, who are is still active, you know, the people that I still bump into from time to time at uh, different events and, um, yeah, really, really wonderful time. Um, but that, my experience of that year was, um, it was, it was an opportunity to receive some language and some frameworks around stuff that was in my head and in my heart and in my spirit already Mm. but I didn't have language for Mm. or didn't have an imagination for um and I think that was the 
that was the best part. It also made me an insufferable prick. Um, <laughs> for the, I, I don't know if you've, uh, Emily, been in Bible studies led by someone who is currently that one guy who went to Bible university college level. Yeah, the one. Yeah. It's it's yeah. <laughs> Bible college will ruin you. Every every Bible college student should be isolated from the rest of humanity for the duration of their studies, and then they can return. <laughs> That's not true. I don't actually believe that. Um, but I was one of those people who was so excited about everything that I was learning that I demanded to share it uh, as, as often as possible and in the least helpful ways. Um, part of part of growing up uh, mm. is learning to recognize the when stuff that you're excited about. Yeah, when, <laughs> when to shut up. Um, learning when to shut up. The stuff that you're excited about that people you're talking to have no framework for um, <laughs> and just do not, do not want to hear, hear and do not care about as much as you do. Um, and they, they would and could if they were also studying alongside and you, but they're like, not. Come and do the same so thing chill. Me. Come <laughs> yeah. follow me in this way. But they can't, they can't all do the same. They're, not, they're not, never all going to do the same course. As no. You. And that's true. a good thing because if everyone was doing the same things you were doing, there'd be a bunch of stuff that they're currently doing that would go undone. Absolutely. <laughs> and that's, that's, the, that's the body of Christ in action. Absolutely it is. So, Mitch, you've gone, you've had heaps of time with SUFM and beach missions and you've done some theology and you've grown up at Ringwood. How did you come to be involved with GMP and specifically Embody? What's that journey been like for you? Because this is a question I've never actually asked you and I actually don't know how you end up in the Embody space. The answer so is unsatisfying. I have oh. I would say like the 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 actual the actual answer is um GMP advertised for a, a vacant position and I applied. Um oh. which is not the full story but is the the most the most <laughs> tangible answer. Um I I was actually pretty late to the Embody party. Embody had been running for quite a few years before I actually really got involved. Um which is odd because I was pretty close to a lot of Embody stuff. Um, Embody was started by someone, by Mitch Holmes, who um, while he was working, Mitch the first, while he was working for GMP and he grew up at the same church as me. Um, But, and and my church had a lot of involvement with Safe Water September as soon when that started, which, um, yeah, even in its really early years. Um, I probably only got involved with that side of things um, pretty late in the game. Um, I could probably work it out, but I want to say like, you know, fourth or fifth, say four to September kind of thing. That is almost definitely wrong, but like that kind of thing, not mm. not right. I was not, I was not in on the ground floor. Um, but out of, straight out of, uni so from that gap year program i did a three year um bachelor of arts which took me three and a half years um and any good degree takes you more than the time it takes you that's that's right um it's the the trick the trick is uh showing up to classes and doing homework uh helps you graduate oh really 
Yeah, so that's just oh. a little bit of advice for anyone who's listening. If you do your or homework. Or pick the right degree first time around also helps. Yeah, well, that's, yeah, I could talk about that too. Um, yeah. I won't because that's bad advice to give to people. Um, <laughs> what I will say is when you're good at writing, pick a degree that is graded primarily on essays. Play to your strengths yes. and you can oh, get through yes. with a lot less work. Um, Absolutely. But out, out, of, out of that uh, arts degree, I then started working for Church of the Christ. And at that time, Church of the Christ, Vic Taz shared office space with GMP um, mm-hmm. and the Embody team or some of the Embody team, whoever was in the state. Um, and so just over the, over the four or five years that I was with Church of Christ, that relationship, sort of, we, we worked together on stuff. I was kind of part of the youth team for Churches of Christ. So, you know, we talked a lot with the youth team of GMP. Um, that just that just made sense. And we worked out of the same offices. And and this is just fortunate. We got along. We were friends. Yeah. Like, you, I know, can you, imagine you, you don't always people. get that. Yeah. But yeah. this time it happened. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then from, from there, um, from there, actually what happened was I started to get a real uh, itch for uh, a a vision for a networked and connected movement of young people, uh, particularly in Victoria, but across Australia. Um, I just happen to be based in Victoria. Um, that could effectively activate young people into mission opportunities, justice opportunities, advocacy opportunities that could move resources from where resources were but were not needed to mm. where resources were not and were needed, um, that could connect and support young people as they explored what God was up to and what God might be calling them to do, um, which was inspired by some stuff that young people in my church um, – people who were maybe two, three years younger than me had done a few years prior where they started this group completely led by young people, no intervention from, you know, the the ministry team or anyone kind of older except when asked um, to advocate particularly around refugee issues at that time. Um, and raise funds for causes and to have the you know these kinds of conversations that group kind of petered out because the support that they needed wasn't available to them and they didn't know who to ask or how to ask for what they needed and no one was alert to um, offering them help um, which was sad that is also just a, like a thing that happens and it's not the end of the world or a sign of anybody's, you know, fallen sinful natures or anything like that. It's just a thing. Um, but I really started to get an itch for imagining what a new version of that could look like. Then uh, the a position in Embody became available. I, you know occupied the desk immediately next to the person who was kind of currently in the, previously in that role, that kind of thing. Um, so I just applied. I talked to um, the people who interviewed me about 
that kind of vision for networking, connecting and supporting young people. Um, and they kind of went, yeah, look, that's kind of, that's a big part of what Embody is about. And we would like to, we'd like to support you to try and do that. Um, and yeah, so then I was in the role for a year, maybe two years. And then COVID happened. And then kind of here we are. So it's, an un, it's not the most interesting story in the world, is it? Because like your story of getting involved with Embody, Emily, is probably a bit more like you were a volunteer. Yeah, my story was like, and I spoke to this person and then I spoke to this person and then yeah. I spoke to this person. And then Jesse yeah. was like, hey, do you want to go on the podcast? And said, I'm quitting. Well, yeah. I'm resigned. I'm stepping back. Do you want you yeah. should apply for my role? Yeah. So that's yeah. sort of my journey. And then I listened to your podcast interview and went, I know Emily's going to apply and as soon as her resume comes across the desk, I'm basically hitting okay. We do still have to interview her, but uh, we've, we've basically done that interview this. on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love that when you told me that. I was like, oh, that's so funny. I'm glad it was a good interview. <laughs> <laughs> so as we come to the end of our time together doing this particular thing, Mitch, um, <laughs> What advice would you give to yourself when you were back in high school? Mm. Mm. Yeah. Is that another good question that you asked? It is another good question. I did know. Actually thinking about your answer. I knew you were going to ask this one. So I have tried to think about it a little bit, but it's still, it's still hard. Um, yeah. Because it's, it's all well and good. Uh, it's all well and good to give advice and yes. people should give advice and young people and people of all ages should listen to advice. Um, but there's a really huge difference between receiving advice and um, developing understanding. Uh, mm. And one of those things only happens with time. Um, so I think, I, I think my advice to high school me is going to be uh, two-sided and deeply hypocritical. The advice is... Get it, get involved as much as much as possible wherever possible. Um, being being involved is help. What helps us change the the stuff that's into in our heads into the stuff that is out in the world. Um, get hands on as much as possible. Mm. Find ways to use the things that you already love and the things that you are already good at. Um, in service of that mission that we talked about at the start of healing, restoring, feeding, clothing, liberating, um, and proclaiming, and ultimately reconciling all things and all relationships to right relationship with God, self, others, and created world. Um, don't. Don't try and do things that you're not. Oh, I'll, I might nuance this in a second, but don't try and do things that you are not prepared for or equipped for. Um, now, to, to nuance that, you're not always going to be prepared for everything that uh, God puts in your way, um, and um, you're some. Uh, you know we all learn on the go and we all learn by doing. So don't be afraid to learn by doing either. 
Um, mm. But what what I mean is like you do have skills, strengths, and abilities. Um, put put them to use. Mm. Find ways to serve God that you enjoy as much as possible, because um, so, that will help protect you from the advice that I should actually give to high school me, which is be less involved, <laughs> chill out. Um, you don't need to do everything that comes across your your path. <laughs> I oh, that sounds so familiar. Yeah, I know, and. I I am <laughs> you, do you know that meme um that <laughs> goes around I, I actually don't know if this goes any further than Twitter, but the uh, it's an it's like a diagram of like a World War plane and it's full of bullet holes. Um so the the context of the meme it's always it's always used to indicate uh so pe- people if pilots in World War One would um, fly missions, sorry, World War One, World War Two, any war, uh, would fly <laughs> missions and then they'd um, come back and they'd land and then the engineer engineers would kind of mark any damage. You can shoot an aeroplane a lot and still fly it and it can still fly. It's just as long as the bullets don't hit crucial parts you can Mm. riddle the wings full of holes and it's probably not going to fly great but it'll get you home um so there's this there's this concept of um survivor bias where um you know you people who have stuck around in ministry and in mission and in you know active 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 church involvement are um people who have just avoided the one bullet Mm. that would hit the wrong spot. Um, I know that I have done damage to myself by how involved I have been in Mm. churches, camps, ministries, missions. I I know that about myself. Mm. Um, I have never taken the bullet that has Mm. um, hit me in the wrong spot. So I've been very fortunate. Um, the actual advice I should give to high school me is um, you might be lucky, but also don't put yourself at risk. Mm. Um, and I think that kind of goes back to that uh, find find ways to serve that are life giving, not mm. yeah, don't 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 say yes to everything and don't say yes to things that you're not actually equipped for that mm. that the process of learning to be equipped for won't be oh. life-giving. Yes. Um, try wherever possible to serve God in ways that are life-giving to mm. you um, and not just draining. Um, mm. And, and this is not something that anyone can always control, but wherever possible, take opportunities to be supported by people who believe in you and trust you and mm. um, are going to give you opportunities. Um, try to avoid uh, getting stuck with people who are never going to give you a chance mm. to do something big. Mm. Um, I am where I am today because people took chances on me. Mm. And 
sometimes those people would have sat at the back of the auditorium, head in hands, going, why did I let him write this? Uh, but on the whole, um, the, the, the mentoring and the, the feedback and the support there helped refine me um, and refine my understanding of God. Um, I don't know how much of that was advice. No, that's there good. might be something. There might be something in there. <laughs> don't be too harsh on your edit, though, please. <laughs> oh, so Mitch, this has been an absolute delight, and I've thoroughly enjoyed this conversation um, and hearing your story. Um, if people want to, I don't know, hear more, see more, mm. have a chat, because I know mm. you're always up for a chat. Um, how can they get in touch? Best way to get in touch with me is through Embody. Um, I am much less on social media now than I have been in the past. So your, your best bet is actually going to be by um, hitting us up on the Embody socials at EmbodyAU. Slipping into the DMs. You can slip into the DMs of Embody um, and one of us uh, will get back to you And uh, or if you specifically wanted to talk to me, um, we'll put you in touch. Um you can get in touch with me directly by emailing mitch at gmp.org.au. Um, and yeah, as I said, like really happy to have a chat. We're here to support young people and ministries to young people uh, mm. to do the stuff that we've been talking about. Um, I, I just, I just said, uh, you know, Oh, this is, this is strange dangerously close to talking myself up um i just said okay. that to take opportunities to um get connected with people who are going to give you chances and who are going to support you in doing the things that you okay, let me say it do. mitch would love to be the one to give you support to that's give you what embody is here to do yes yeah yeah <laughs> emily and i have have often talked about you know, we we want we want embody to be um a network that we wish existed when we were in high school mm. um that's that's kind of one of our key motivators um so we're we're here to do everything that we can and we're not necessarily going to be able to do everything that you mm. need but we would love to try mm. absolutely well that brings us to the end of our conversation thanks so much so much mitch no worries emily thanks for interviewing Thanks heaps to Mitch for joining us on Mission Unplugged. If you want to connect more with Mitch and the rest of us at Embody, the best way to do that is on our Instagram, TikTok or Facebook at EmbodyAU or through our Discord at embody.org.au forward slash Discord. You can also email Mitch directly at mitch at gmp.org.au. Thanks heaps for listening to Mission Unplugged, a podcast by Embody. If you enjoyed this conversation, please rate and review so more people can find us. And make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode. And join in the conversation right now in our Discord server at embody.org.au forward slash Discord. Embody is a national community of young people passionate about mission locally, nationally and globally. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook and TikTok at embodyau and visit our website at embody.org.au. All the links are in the show notes. Embody is part of the Global Mission Partners family. We respectfully acknowledge the traditional owners of the lands and waters of Australia and pay respects to Elders past and present. We recognise their continuing connections to land, water and culture. 
Music in the show is by Josh Woodward. We'll catch you next time, and thanks for listening to Mission Unplugged.